0: welcome to the NECF podcast where we share our weekly sermons and faithfully interpret the bible to encourage and direct you on your spiritual path
1: without understanding what god has done for us you see our relationship with people will not be effective we will not be able to show love and kindness and forgiveness i've heard some people say ah uh, me i'll forgive you no, but uh, this person there's nothing that will ever bring us together Imagine God has forgiven you and he said that there's nothing that will bring you together with him again.
0: We are devoted pastors and special guests dev into the depths of the Bible, exploring its profound lessons and useful applications for your daily life. Join us as we explore the timeless truth that have the power to change people's hearts and minds, promoting a closer relationship with God and a firm belief in his promises.
1: The songs... Of God. Hallelujah. As many as are what? As are led, as many as are instructed, and they follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, these are actually the sons of God. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Supporting verse also. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And I believe so much that at the start, start of uh, at the beginning of this year, you know, or some few months ago, I was teaching about, you know, the life in the spirit, life in the flesh, and how we can, you know, differentiate this. And by the grace of God, Pastor Victor, in the last time that he was with us here, teaching us, he... He tried to, you know, explain to us our reality as, you know, believers. He tried to establish us in a truth concerning our life in the spirit. And I remember vividly he said that we are sanctified. Hallelujah. Obviously remember, right? He said that we are what? That we are sanctified, that we are righteous. Hallelujah. And this righteousness is actually the reality of someone that is led by the Spirit of God. Someone that is born again. Someone that is a child of God. Someone that has come into relationship with God. I remember him teaching us that by believing the gospel, we are what? We are sanctified and perfected forever. Hallelujah. So he established to us that our perfection has already happened when we believe the gospel. Amen. And then he also said, of course, we are sanctified, we are righteous, we are holy. And then, you know, one of the notes I took, he says, God is holy and he's dwelling in us. is because, you know, he, we are holy. Hallelujah. God has made us holy. He himself is holy. He has made us holy so that he can dwell in us. Amen. This is the reality of a man in a spirit. God made us holy so he can dwell in us. The believer is righteous, sanctified, and made holy. This is the reality of what of the life in the spirit. Now, what I will be start, you know, to teach, maybe I'll just lay a foundation today because of you know the time is to also expose us to another truth that we know. We know, hallelujah. But it's very, very important that we, we know better. Amen. We cannot overemphasize the truth. In fact, there's nothing new in scriptures. If you hear a man of God comes on the pulpit and say, this thing I'm about to teach you, you know, it's a fresh revelation. It's a new message I'm about to preach from my heart. <laughs> Just carry your Bible and go home. Hallelujah. Because I'm assuring you that 99% is going to be an error. Amen. So there's no new message that any man can preach. that have not been preached. Hallelujah. Because we have it documented for us in the scriptures. So this is not from my heart. This is from the scriptures. <laughs> Amen. And as Paul would say that he's not, it's not uh, in Philippians, right? He said that I am not tired to do what. Let's look at the Philippians chapter what, chapter three, from verse one. Philippians three, verse one. He says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you, it's not what? It's not tedious. Hallelujah. I'm not tired. Even if we keep on talking about salvation, salvation, salvation from day one to day two. You know, somebody will say, ah, is it only salvation you people talk about? That is all we know. Hallelujah. Because, that, because the Bible is a mess. It's a book of what? It's a book of salvation, Right? So, he says, for me to write same things to you, is not what, it's not tedious for me. But for you, it is what? It is safe. It is safe. There's security in him re-emphasizing the truth, in him re-communicating the truth, in him, you know, enforcing the truth. Until it becomes a reality, even if you know it, you know, you walk in it and you live it out. Hallelujah. So, what I'm about to share is not something new, as I said. But I hope that we'll be able to make some clarity. Hallelujah. Some clarity. It's one of the realities we have in the spirit, in line with all the teachings we've been having. So I'm going to be speaking about the forgiveness of sins, an introduction. The forgiveness of sins. Another reality of the life in the Holy Spirit is that we, we believers, We that are born again, we have received what? The forgiveness of our sins. Hallelujah. We have received what? The forgiveness of our sins. When did we receive the forgiveness of our sins? Our salvation. Are we going to be forgiven? Huh? Have we been forgiven? Do we ask for forgiveness? Somebody say yes. Do we ask for forgiveness? Okay. See, this is what we're going to address. Actually, this is the reason why we must teach this. Some are saying yes. Some are saying no. We're going to see whether we ask for forgiveness. Amen. So, this forgiveness for our sins is an eternal forgiveness. That's the first thing we have to establish. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to, in, in, in the academia, I'm going to make some statements, right? Then we investigate in scriptures to see if those statements are true. I'll call them hypotheses, right? I'm going to make some open statements. Then with time, we're going to investigate in scriptures together. We've been taught how to interpret scriptures. We've been taught how to, you know, contextually, different methods of biblical interpretation. We're going to apply this in some key verses in order for us to reach to you know, the truth we are looking for in scriptures. Amen. So we say that this forgiveness is an eternal forgiveness. And when we say something is eternal, it means that it is forever. It is not something that, you know, you received, then you're going to lose it. Amen? If forgiveness is not eternal, then I think it's not worth the dying of Christ on the cross. I mean, it's not what Jesus Christ coming to die. So the forgiveness that a believer has received as a result of what salvation is what is eternal. It is not an ongoing forgiveness. Amen? Write this statement very boldly. At the end of this teaching series, we're going to come back to them. And we're going to look at whether these things are true or they are false. So I said clearly that it is not an ongoing forgiveness. God is not every day working on forgiving you every day. Woke up in the morning, you know, you ask for forgiveness. As though it's a process. Or it will take like God for like you take him like one week for him to forgive you. Maybe you did something that is wrong on Wednesday. And you've asked for forgiveness today, tomorrow again, next tomorrow, after tomorrow, you know, as though it's a process. Now, emphatically, it is not an ongoing forgiveness, right? It is once and for all permanent. It is a past tense. For any man in Christ, any man of the spirit is a man that has been forgiven. We have received We have received, what? Forgiveness. It is permanent. It is a past tense. God is not going to forgive you. Amen? God is what? God is not going to forgive you. Because God has already forgiven you. God is not going to forgive you because he... Has already forgiven you. Now the question that will begin to rise is: Does that mean that we shouldn't ask for forgiveness? Hallelujah! You know, in the lost prayer, every day when we were growing up, to, you know, somebody have confronted us as pastors here. Say, why is it that in this church we don't say the the lost prayer? Right? Why is it that we don't we don't say the lost prayer? And actually, I didn't even know the answer to give. I have to sit back and go back to the lost prayer because I've. I forgot, I've literally I've forgotten it. Amen. I have to go back and look at it and say, Ah, tch. you know, it's it's not that too accurate for us to be confessing this kind of prayer. Hallelujah. So, do we ask for forgiveness? Doesn't the Bible teach us that we confess our sins, etc.? Now, these statements, you know, will rise up these questions in our hearts. Now, we're going to explore and properly answer these questions from scriptures. All right? We're going to properly look at it. Now, lack of understanding forgiveness affects, first of all, our relationship with God. Amen? It affects our relationship with God. It affects our worship. Pastor Victor has said it countless times that a wrong interpretation of scriptures will lead to wrong worship when you don't really understand what the Bible teaches, you know, we'll worship God amidst. So, without an understanding of forgiveness, God's forgiveness towards you as a believer, without understanding what, you know, you've been given as a gift, you will not properly, you know, have a good relationship with God. You will not enjoy fellowship with God. Your worship and your service to God will be hindered. Because we often think that, of course... There are scriptures that seems to say that forgiveness of our sins is a product of our asking God for forgiveness. There are scriptures, we look at some of them, that seems to say that, you know, is when we ask, then God will forgive us, right? Or we confess our sins. Or even until we repent from them, God will forgive us. And this scripture seems to assume that, you know, forgiveness is dependent on you repenting. Hallelujah! So when 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 we come to God, you know, the first thing we we have to confess, we have to repent, we have to turn away, and then now God will now say, "Okay, since you've done all these things, then I can now forgive you." The man of God says that all that concerns salvation, He has done them. <laughs> that all that 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 that. that that pertains to salvation, for him to secure it, eternity, he has done them. And I was, it's funny to make this, you know, claim. And I said, I was just thinking, I said, ah, is it God I have done or you have done it? Amen? Because if it's dependent on you doing it, then, I mean, there's nothing you can do to actually, you know, secure salvation. Hallelujah. So, what we're establishing is that, It affects our relationship. Lack of understanding the forgiveness of God affects our relationship with God. Because we think at the back of our mind that it's always what we do that secures forgiveness. Things like asking God for forgiveness. And when we ask God, then God forgives us. We confess our sins and God forgives us. For example, now let's look at a scripture, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 15. A very classical example, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 15. Remember, we're just building a case. You have to be patient and work with me, right? We're building a serious case here. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 15. Matthew 6, 9 to 15. It says, In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, look at this one. And forgive us our debts as we what? As forgive our debtors. And forgive us our our sins as we what? As we what? As we forgive our debtors. So it simply means that the way God will forgive us, right? English language is the way we forgive our debtors. So God is learning forgiveness from us. So just imagine that God is going to forgive the way you forgive your friend. Hallelujah. Does that sound accurate? Amen. So, so it simply means that there's need for us to properly interpret this passage, right? We're going to interpret it better later, right? He says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. The next verse. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now in the next part. That is very key. It says, for if you forgive men. Now, this if your Bible is, is, is a, letter, a red letter Bible, you discover that Jesus is the one speaking here. It's none of the apostles. Are we together? It's none of the apostles. It's not even a commentary. It's Jesus word for word. For if you forgive men their trespasses, what will happen? Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Which means that if you don't forgive your... Your brethren, God will not forgive you. So God is competing in who keeps malice more. That's what is meaning. So that means that your forgiveness from God is dependent on you forgiving another person. The next verse says, "But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your what your trespasses." Hallelujah. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Another classical scripture. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. It says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, on the line they will humble themselves, right? And pray, on the line pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and heal their land. Which means that the healing of God, the forgiveness of God, all that God will do is conditional. Conditional to what? To you, first of all, you must be humble. Right? If you humble yourself, then what do you do? Then you now pray. After praying, what do you do? You now seek his face. I don't know how I'm not praying and seeking his face. It's meaning something anyway. And you have to now turn from your wicked ways, which is repentance, right? Then God will now say, "Ah, since you've done this, I can now forgive you, and I will now heal your land." Hallelujah! Now, these are some scriptures. There are many, many more. These are some scriptures that seems to, which means that because you see, when a biblical truth seems to contradict another, right? It simply means that we need to. Study and know. It means that we need to rightly interpret it. Amen. Another one is uh, 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. It talks about confessing our sins. If we confess our sins, yes. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And cleanse us from what? From all unrighteousness. Which means that God forgiving our sins. Cleansing us from all unrighteousness. Is dependent on what? On confession of sins. Hallelujah. So all this is a reason. See, because if we will hold on to this, the way it is like this. I mean, it's going to affect our relationship with God so much. So it's necessary that we understand what, you know, God has given us. The gift of forgiveness that we have. Forgiveness is God's character. And it's not dependent on your action. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've not interpreted these scriptures. I just showed us examples. We're going to come back to them later on. Hallelujah. So forgiveness is not dependent on your actions, but it's depending on the character of God. Because if it's depending on your action, you are not—you yourself—you are not stable. Hallelujah. You are not stable, right? We humans are not stable. So if God will depend on us to forgive us, then no man can be forgiven. So our forgiveness or what we receive from God is as a result of his character. Because he's love. He's not loving. is love personified. So he acts towards us based on his character, which does not change. So forgiveness is God's character and it's not dependent on our actions. You know, sometimes we assume that the misfortunes that happen to us in our lives is because we have sinned and God is dealing with us for our sins. God is mad and keeping malice or so attitude with us because we have sinned. So the, re- the reason why, you know, you are in this mess is because God is angry with you. So, you have to appease God so that God will now forgive you and take away this mess that you find yourself in. That's not true. That's not the character of God. Hallelujah. Psalms 130, verse 3 to 4. Psalms 130, verse 3 to 4. Psalms 130, verse 3 to 4. It says, if you, Lord, shall mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? right? If God is going to mark iniquities, if God is going to take responsibility of, you know what it means to mark? Let me give you a practical example. You write exams, right? We have teachers here. And teachers have take time to do what? To assess what you've done, right? To see whether you did well or you didn't do well. So imagine that God will now sit down with a pen, a red, pe- a red pen and a record of your sins the record of all the things you've done, if he's going to mark it and see whether you've done right or you've done wrong, who can what? Who can stand? Who can withstand the judgment of God? Who can, who can, because the past mark of God is 100%. There's no cough, right? There's no average. It's perfection. God desire perfection from us. So if God will sit down and then judge our sin and mark our sins and sit down and look at all that we've done and assess us based on our own standards or even based on his own standards, outside his mercy and his grace, who will what? Who can pass? Who can stand God's judgment? But there is forgiveness where? With you. This is the character of God. Hallelujah. This is should be what should excite us. Amen. This is the reality of the life in the spirit. Hallelujah. But there is forgiveness with who? With you. That you may be what? May be feared. So what should make us fear God is not because God condemns. But to just look at his fear is reverential fear. Honor and worship to God. Hallelujah. So no man can stand if God should actually take records and mark sin. Psalms 103 verse 10 talks about God. Not dealing with us. According to what? According to our sins. Psalms 103 verse 10. Psalms 103 verse 10. It says, he has not dealt with us. Alright, let's read from verse 7. Say He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious. And what? And slow to anger. And abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us. That means that God will not always be in. In conflict with man. Hallelujah. God is not in conflict with you. Amen. God is not keeping malice with you. He will not always strive with us. Nor will he keep his anger forever. Verse 10. The verse we are looking for. Verse 10. He has not dealt with us according to what to our sins, nor punish us according to our iniquities. This is the character of God. Hallelujah! So it's not based on what you've done. Of course, some of the misfortune that is happening to you is as a result of your mistakes, the errors you've done. Because our actions has consequences, but God is not responsible for those. Rest- those responses we see in our lives hallelujah so another thing that the lack of understanding the forgiveness of god causes in our lives as christians is that it affects our relationship with one another amen it affects what our fellowship in our relationship one with another this lack of understanding god's forgiveness towards us also affects our relationship one another our love to one another must be founded on the experience and the knowledge of what Christ has done for us. The way we act towards each other must be, you know, grounded, must be founded on our experience. Number one, if you've not experienced love, you cannot give love. Hallelujah. The reason why many of us, you know, we can't we can really love, even if you're in a relationship, every time you discover that you are the one that... It's causing problem. You've been in five different relationships and all of them, there's a problem. You cannot love. You don't have ability to love. Even in your family, your siblings. You see, even man have not experienced the love of God, he cannot give what is not inside him. Hallelujah. So, our understanding of God's love is what will give us the foundation to do what? To love one another. To love one another. It affects our fellowship. When you see a man that does not understand God's love. Or he, don't, he, he has not understood how God has forgiven him. He is going to be seen in how he deals with other people. Hallelujah. So our goal is that we will be able to fellowship with God properly. Right? And also what fellowship one another. And enjoy fellowship with one another properly. And this will be based on the understanding of the forgiveness of God for us. Colossians 3, verse 11. Colossians 3, verse 11 to 14. Colossians 3, 11 to 14. It says, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, sentient, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Verse 12. Therefore, as elect of God. He's talking about believers here. Those who are born again. As elect of God. Holy. We, say, we, we saw from the, the teaching from Pastor Victor that we are holy, right? And beloved. Put on tender mercies. Kindness. Humility. Meekness. Now it's because we've been loved and we've been elected. That we can put on all these qualities. The next verse. Verse 13. Bearing with one another. And do what? and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as what? Look at the example now. Even as Christ forgave you, so you must also what? Do. Okay? But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And verse 13. Look at verse 13. Go back to verse 13. It says, Even as Christ forgave you, which means that the forgiveness that Christ has given you is a past tense. It is from the forgiveness of Christ that it will influence your behavior one to another as believers. And in case you don't understand what Christ has done for you, definitely your relationship with people is going to be affected by it. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 31 also buttresses this point. Ephesians 4 31 to 32. Ephesians 4 31 to 32. verse 31 and verse 32. So let all bitterness and wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another. Tender hearted. Forgiving one another. Even as what? You see the example? You see the bedrock of our relationship? Even as what? Even as God in Christ has done what? Has forgiven you. Hallelujah. So your response is based on what Christ has done and has established in you. And we'll see in scriptures from the Bible passage we read about the unforgiven servant. Matthew 18, verse 21. We saw a man that was forgiven, right? He was in debt. It's a parable, actually. And he was forgiven. Serious debt that has the capacity to, you know, to take away everything he has, including his family and himself. They will sell him, sell his wife, sell his children, sell his property, sell everything he owns. And the Bible says that he cannot even pay for the debt. That means if they sell everything he has in this life, including his family, clan, and all that they have. They cannot pay for the debt. What kind of a debt is this? It's an everlasting debt. A debt that cannot be what? That cannot be paid. But what did he do? He was pleading with the master, right? He was pleading, and the master now said, Okay, I've canceled your I've canceled your debt. Go forth and then enjoy life and sin no more. No conditions attached. He doesn't have to work. It's not. It's not by instrumental payment as we do in nearest. Nearest can never cancel your debt, right? You do payment till the day you collect your certificate. It's not like that. But the master said, "I've forgiven all. I've cleansed all. I have write off your debts. You have no debt." Hallelujah. Is it the NLT or the passion that qu- tried to quantify? No, I think it is. Yeah? NLT? How much say is the worth of the debt? Millions, millions of dollars, right? I think the Amplified measured it to be around, is it $10 million worth of debt? $10 million. And then after your debt has been written off, you now go to your colleague, your fellow servant with you. And how much was he owing him? A few, and then you held him by the neck, choked him. You know, took him to prison and asked them to lock him, and and you see, if he has understood what has happened in his life, amen, he will not act the opposite way. Hallelujah. So also is our experiences individually. Without understanding what God has done for us, you see, our relationship with people will not be effective. We will not be able to show love and kindness and forgiveness. I've had some people say, ah, me, I'll forgive you, no. But uh, this person, there's nothing that will ever bring us together. Imagine God has forgiven you and he said that there's nothing that will bring you together with him again. Imagine that. Just imagine that. God saying that, I've given Jesus... Henceforth, I don't want to do anything with you again in this life. And let's see how you survive life. Hallelujah. So, we have to come to a point where we understand the pedigree and the intensity of God's forgiveness towards us. Because this man in this parable, in this story, Jesus was illustrating, have not comprehended. He, he knew that something has happened. But, I don't think he has really, really understood because it's seen in his, in his behavior, right? Even if he's an unbeliever, even if this man is, is the most wicked human being on earth, just for the joy of the fact that this amount of debt has been forgiven him, he will write off every other debt. Hallelujah. And we saw towards the end, the master was furious, right? Even though is of course, it's an Old Testament story. The master was furious and then you held him and then locked him in the jail until he paid, you know. So also God will do to you, according to the passage, if you don't forgive one another. Hallelujah. We're going to explain that as well in the course of the teaching. So we must understand God's forgiveness. That is very, very necessary because it affects our relationship with God. It affects our relationship with one another. It affects the way we live our life, our conduct as believers. Because you see, as men and women in the spirit, we can't be keeping malice. We can't be, see, I cannot properly minister to you if I have issues with you. Are we together? So, our forgiveness or our dealings with one another is founded on what Christ has done for us, what Christ is doing in us, what Christ has established in us, the forgiveness He has given us, which is a gift. Hallelujah. Now, the lack of understanding, forgiveness towards us also affects our witnessing. Our witnessing to people about Christ. Evangelism, right? Number one, it affects our relationship with God. Number two, it affects our living together as believers. Number three, it affects our preaching of the gospel. Yesterday, as we went out, you know, we met someone that said that him is not born again. He was, he was, he was confident enough to tell us that he's not born again. I I love his sincerity. But let, let me just tell you in short, he later gave his life to Christ at the end of it. He received the life of Christ right Hallelujah. So, we just asked him, what do you mean by, we didn't even ask you whether you are born again or not. Say him is not born again. Then you know that he's not born again. So, okay, what does he mean to be born again? Ah, uh, you know, to be born again simply means, you know, To live the right way, the way God wants you to live. You don't do this, don't drink, you don't do that. I say, ah, that's not what it means to be born again. Hallelujah. That's not what it means to be born again. Because if we have known how to be born again that way, that's what we will preach. Amen? That's what we're going to, in fact, then you wouldn't have been born again. Hmm? Amen? So we must understand what has happened so that we can better, you know, preach what has happened in our lives and also usher others into this life. For example, now, when we go out to preach, we tell people to confess and repent so that God can forgive them. Amen? You know, Confess your sins. Somebody after you just preach what Jesus has done, the person will now say, "Okay, what should I do now?" The person say, "You have to confess your sins, then you have to now repent, then God will now forgive you." You say this is not accurate. Hallelujah! This is not accurate. This is not this is not the preaching of the gospel. The preaching of the gospel is not dependent on that. We're going to look at it. Pastor Emmanuel have taught us about it, right? We're going to go back to that and look at it again. That is not how we receive forgiveness. Forgiveness is by what? It's by faith. It's received. It's a free gift. Received by faith. Believing what Jesus has done. Is, Then we receive forgiveness. Hallelujah. I remember the brother saying, is that all? Say, that's all. Say, he doesn't need to say any prayer. Say, there's no prayer. You do you agree with this? I say, I believe. I agree. Say, congratulations. You are born again. Say, is that all? Say, that's all. I said, don't complicate it. Hallelujah. And it's easy. Amen. So an understanding of this concept, what we've received, will empower our witnessing. So therefore it's very necessary that we know, we get to know it. Hallelujah. So by the grace of God, we're going to continue to build our case from here. What I want you to go knowing Alright? With the points I've stated that you are forgiven. Amen? That you are forgiven. Say I'm forgiven. And my forgiveness is eternal. It's permanent. It's permanent. Hallelujah. So be patient with me as we go through this until we reach a point where we see explanation because scriptures will explain scriptures until we reach a place where we are sure that this is true. What God has done for us. Hallelujah. Who is blessed today? Amen. So just open your mouth and just begin to thank God for what He has done in you because of what He has done, not because of what I have done. I have been forgiven by believing what Jesus has done. What did Jesus do? He came on earth, He died on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. Therefore, I am forgiven. And this truth is an eternal truth. This truth is a permanent truth. And I can always live without consciousness. I don't live with a consciousness of unforgiveness, as though God has not forgiven me. I live as one who has, forg- who has been forgiven. I live with the understanding of one who has been forgiven. I live a life of freedom because I have been forgiven. I can now express the life of the Spirit of God because I'm forgiven. I can manifest the gifts of the Spirit because I'm a man that I've received the gift of the Spirit because I'm forgiven. I have a relationship with God. I'm united with Christ eternally. I'm eternally united with Christ. There's no hostility between I and God. There's no chaos between myself and God. There's a union between myself and God, which is eternal. So just open your mouth and appreciate God and thank God and say, Father, thank you. Thank you for this simple truth. It's very simple. It's very basic. It's very clear. It's not complicated. It's very understandable. We can comprehend the love of God by his spirit. So just appreciate God. Say, Lord, open my eyes to this revelation more. Teach me this truth more. Expose me to this reality more. Expose me to this truth more. That I will walk in perfection. My relationship with you will be efficient. My relationship with my brethren will be efficient. And even my witnessing will be efficient because I understand what you've done for me.
0: Thank you for listening to our sermon today. We hope you were blessed by this teaching. If you want to learn more about our church, please visit our website or follow us on social media. We would love to connect with you and hear your feedback. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast channel and share it with your friends and family. You never know who might need a word of encouragement.